This is Austin Bush, and you're listening to the Mike Sappho Podcast. I hear you perfectly. Oh, great. <laughs> Austin Bush, what's up, my friend? I'm, I'm doing good. I'm Cheers. in the big city. Thanks for having me, man. How are you doing? Cheers. Solo. Cheers. Guys. What brings you to the Big Apple? Shouldn't you be in Thailand somewhere walking around? Um, I, I wouldn't want to be in Thailand walking around because it's too hot and you sweat all the time. <laughs> so you come to New York for the winter? Just for walking. That's the only, only reason I'm here. So what brings you to the Big Apple, though? Um, no, so I finished a book recently, and I'm here doing a kind of a book tour, um, doing a couple events. I did a cooking thing in um, L.A. Uh, at a place called Night Market. Uh, I did a dinner at Pock Pock in Portland, and now I'm going to do one here in New York City at Uncle Boone's. Well, you must be reading my checklist because the next question was <laughs> yeah. hey do you know andy ricker no so I let me do. tell you so i had andy ricker on my podcast i'm a huge andy ricker fan uh besides him being a great he, dude he's all right he, you know he's an ad- <laughs> i'm an adequate fan of andy ricker's sure. personality and his cooking oh, okay right. but um he comes on the show and i said hey do you have anything to plug he's like i'm gonna plug one thing my buddy austin bush is coming out with a book he plugged the shit out of your book said how great it was and all that stuff. So awesome. once Andy Thank Ricker you, Andy. gives his recommendation, I have to have you on. All right, thanks. So tell me about this, the food of Northern Thailand. Yeah. So l- let me hear about it. So, um, I mean, I think nowadays, especially in the U.S., most people know what Thai food is. But um, I think a lot of people, Americans, think that Thai food is like kind of one, they have a specific idea of what Thai food is. And that involves a lot of noodle dishes, like pad thai or radna, things like that, or like these curries with coconut milk. But Thailand is just like, it's like Italy, it's like France. Every region is quite different. Uh, and because of Andy, because of Pak Pak, people know a little bit more about Northern Thai food these days. And I just, I had spent a bunch of time up there. I love it. And I thought this is the right time to, you know, there's a little bit of exposure and knowledge about it. So it's the right time to do a book on this. And give me your relationship first with Andy. How do you guys yeah. meet? So I'm originally from Oregon, and but I've lived in Thailand since 1999. Lived there a really long time. Oh, wow. But in like 2007, I think, there was a piece in the New York Times about how Portland, Oregon was like a really cool up-and-coming uh, dining city. And in that article, they talked about Pak Pak and Andy. And I was like, wow, like my, you know, almost like my hometown has this like famous Thai restaurant. I hadn't heard of it. So I immediately looked up Pak Pak and I wrote Andy an email. And at that time, I had a blog. And he wrote back in like minutes. He's like, dude, I totally read your blog every day. So I'm going to be in Thailand in a couple that's weeks. That's kind of cool, isn't it? Yeah, I yeah, know. That was awesome. And he's like, I'm going to be in Thailand in a month or something. So we hooked up, we ate, we traveled a bit, and we've just been like, we were friends for a few years. And then uh, I did the photos for all the Pak Pak cookbooks up to this point. So we're collaborators. Um, and then this event that I did in Portland recently was at Pak Pak as well, which now, is very cool. That's really cool. Now let's bring it back to Asia. Sure. Everyone loves traveling. What was your fascination with Southeast Asia and Thailand in particular that grabbed you? Because, you know, you can go to... 60 countries, but for some reason, maybe it's a dish, maybe it's the girls, maybe it's the beer. (laughs) What sold you on Thailand? I mean, to be totally honest, the first time I went there, I knew nothing about that part of the world. I had no interest in it. Um, I uh, got a scholarship to go to Thailand, and Laos, actually, in like 1998 uh, when I was studying. I studied linguistics at the U of O. It's just like an exchange program sort of thing. And then when I went back for my last year of university, I saw that they had Thai uh, at the U of O. So I took Thai for a year. Uh, I did quite well, and I got a scholarship to study Thai at Chiang Mai University. And when that was done, uh, I was there. I could speak Thai. You know, all this whole, like, the food, like, really drew me in. Like, mm-hmm. to be honest, like, uh, at first, I didn't really like Thai food. Really? <laughs> yeah, there are a few things that are, like, I always like spicy food, so that was cool. But there's a few things that were different. Like, it's just so unfamiliar with me. I hadn't e- eaten Thai food before I went there. Um, a lot of dishes are su- served at like room temperature, which to me at the time just was kind of weird and takes. That's like bizarre. Like, why is this not heated up? Yeah, they'll make like a Thai restaurant typically will make a bunch of dishes in the morning and then just kind of let them sit out all day. 
I'm used to that now, but at the time it struck me as like really weird and kind of gross. <laughs> what was your go-to meal? Because I, when I think of Northern Thai food, from Chiang Mai, because I went there mm-hmm. a couple times, was khao soy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's that pounded meat called? Um, oh, um, there's a couple different names for it. The, okay. lo- the regional, like local name is jin tu. Yes. Which literally means like meat, hit meat or struck yeah, meat. Yeah, pounded, pounded meat. meat and uh, the fried chicken, like this, with all the pickled vegetables, like the sticky fried oh, yeah. chicken. Those are like mm-hmm. my three northern Thai food. What's your like go-to Thai food? I mean, khao soy is awesome, and like it's such a good dish. And I, I feel like it's the one northern Thai thing that people in the U.S. kind of know about now. Mm-hmm. Like I see it on menus here. Um, people seem to, you know, I'll post pictures of it, and people seem to freak out. Uh, it's so good. Like it's a dish that I. They're like, oh shit, they have that in Thailand too. They have it here <laughs> yeah. on 38th Street. <laughs> I haven't tried it here. I think I've had it at Pok Pok, but um, uh-huh. I haven't tried it elsewhere. No, it's just good. It's like a dish that is not. It's not too weird or intimidating. It's just delicious. Like it's a curry. If you don't know what it is, it's a curry broth. It generally has chicken or beef. It has a spice mixture, but it's not spicy. It's very aromatic. Uh, the good places make their own noodles in house. Like really good. Like the place that Andy and I like in in Chiang Mai, they have an old like pasta maker, and the guy cranks out like egg noodles every day, <laughs> and they're so good. Um, and it's just like I don't know. It's totally delicious. Everybody who I've ever uh, introduced that dish to like loves it and you can't the problem with khao soy so you can't have just one 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 is never enough and two is always too many this is a pretty heavy (laughs) dish but it's really delicious like people love that so writing the book i'm gonna sound like maybe amateurish now when i ask this you're in thailand so it's not Mm -hmm. like you're writing an italian cookbook asking grandma how do you make this so you're writing this and i I did look at your book i went online to i thought you were gonna bring a book for me but i guess not (laughs) so i'm your book was kind of like a photo documentary book if Mm -hmm. i'm wrong jump in because it's like not just a picture of the book. It's a picture of the book, maybe the woman cooking it, mm-hmm. the surrounding places. And you describe the food and the culture so much. Do you just go up to these older Thai ladies and be like, hey, um, how do you make that? <laughs> like, I, I'm curious because like, there's all these different recipes in the books yeah, and stuff. Yeah. More or less. Um, I used a couple of different techniques. Like, It obviously helps if I have a relationship with these people first. So I kind of reached out to friends in Chiang Mai, family of friends, you know, friends' grandmas, friends' moms and dads. And that was pretty easy. You know, they're, they're really happy to share these recipes. And then there are restaurants, um, which is a little bit harder, uh, you know, because people want they guard their recipes. They don't necessarily want to share them. But not, Northern Thai, Thai people are so nice and we're like so, like, generous. Uh, a few people here and there said no, but generally they were cool with it. There were vendors. They were cool. And then, but one technique I used a lot was homestays. So in, like, tiny towns in Northern Thailand, towns that are too small to have a hotel, they've set up these places where you just stay with a local family. And it's like 10 bucks a night, 12 bucks a night, and that includes a meal or two. So I would call ahead and be like, hey, I'm interested in staying your homestay. Can you hook me up with the, the family in the village that has the best reputation for cooking? Okay. And it's really cool because you're living with these families. You get to see what they eat for breakfast. You get cool photos and insights into the, like their daily lives. You're in like off-the-beaten-track places, and they're not guarded about their recipes. They're totally happy to share these dishes. And probably you're like a white dude who speaks Thai. So like, oh, this guy's kind of one of us. He actually mm-hmm. pre- appreciates the culture. He's not coming here to like steal our recipes and bounce. So they probably have a connection with that, right? Yeah, no. Like, let, I have to admit that definitely worked in my favor. You know, I, I suspect other Thai people could sort of do the same thing. But mm-hmm. it's so novel for a white guy who speaks Thai to come into these weird villages in the middle of nowhere and, you know, show such an interest in food. And I think people were really, like, grateful for that. They were, like, totally keen to share, to share these things. And not just because you're here, but I'm actually intrigued by this. So you just randomly, Northern Thai is your thing. 
let me go around to different villages finding food. Yeah. Like, did you, how'd you even find the villages? Like, <laughs> no, sometimes I don't want to go uptown. I'm like, I'm not going up there. Are you crazy? Yeah. Oh, I don't want to make a turn down 23rd Street. Like, yeah. so you went to like random Thai. Kind of. You That's know. Simba's Simb- Simb- here. He's the Bronx. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm going to go to the Bronx and see how to make, like, yeah. rice and chicken. Dude, that's, it boggles my mind. Like, yeah, there was some of that. You know, I did some research. Like, there's some stuff online. Um, I spend a lot of time in the region already just because I like it. And I also work for Lonely Planet. I do, like, travel guidebooks. Thanks. There's my next question. Thank- <laughs> Austin, if you want to just take my yeah, nana. Sure. Okay, so no. No, so, like, I've spent years up there uh, for Lonely Planet in, in weird places, you know, off the bean track towns and stuff like that. So I already, like, was pretty familiar with the food and, and the places. It's, I'm glad you mentioned Lonely Planet. So I, I try to read a book a week, and I actually just finished two weeks ago Unlikely Destinations by Tony Wheeler. He, okay, yeah. How the mm-hmm. Lonely Blan- uh, Planet book started. Yeah. The, they make it sound like some, we traveled. Julie and I just got back from Cambodia, China, and Hong Kong. I'm like, oh, my God, we can write for Lonely Planet. We go there and bang it out. But it's actually like kind of a strenuous thing when you first start, right? It's, a, it's, it's a not job. as glorious as it sounds, right? Yeah. No, I mean, I'll roll into a place, and I like the freedom. You know, it's cool to be able to travel around and stuff. But when I roll up to a town or whatever, I, you know, I have stuff to do. I have to go. The worst is, like, have, you have to go to a bus station and, like, get the <laughs> bus schedule, make sure that's correct, and make sure all the times are correct, how long the bus rides are, and it's – in Thailand, at least, there's no, like, one office where you can do that. I have to walk around with, like, 45 <laughs> different little stalls. Speaking in Thai to all these, these people trying to get the bus schedules, a million hotels. But it's whatever. I can't complain. You know, it's, it's fun. I, I give a lot of freedom. It allows me to do other stuff. So there were times when I was doing a Lonely Planet gig, and I just tacked on, you know, a recipe for my book or whatever. How does the Lonely Planet, how do you get your gigs? Well, you know what? Let's go back to the beginning. <laughs> how did you even start with Lonely Planet? Uh, God, I think... I knew a guy who was working for Lonely Planet. I had just started working freelance, and I was you know, doing whatever I could, doing photos, doing writing, and I happened to know a guy who worked for them. And I never even like thought of it, but he's like, uh, Austin, you're, you live here, you speak Thai, you know Bangkok really well, you should um, apply for Lonely Planet to work there. I hadn't even thought of it. So I think he put in a good word with an editor, but mm-hmm. I went through like a pretty boring, typical like job application process. Like I sent them writing samples, um, there was like a, a kind of an interview, which was cool, where at that time they would, they were like, okay, you've made it past the first round. Now we want you to choose a destination, anywhere you want. Go there and then write about that city as if you're writing a chapter in a lonely Now, is this guide. on you or are they paying for this? No, no, that was on me. Okay. Um, so I went. Shit, I was going to be like, oh, I was going to call them up like, hey, I want to shoot over <laughs> here. You, you got me? <laughs> no, so I chose Northern Thailand just because mm-hmm. I've spent so much time there. Went to a few restaurants, checked out some hotels, wrote these little reviews, sent it to them. They're like, good. Yeah, you're, you're on. And it, it just so happened that at that time, the guy who had been writing Lonely Planet Thailand for like since like 1979 was kind of moving out of the country or moving out of the company. And then the woman who was writing up to that point got pregnant. So they needed someone to Good for Thailand. her having a night out. So you jumped right in. <laughs> yeah. So what perfect timing. Lonely Planet, you just do Chiang Mai, you do all of Thailand. I, I'm kind of like the Thailand guy. So I do Bangkok That's wild, and isn't Northern it? Thailand. I don't cover people are astonished when I say I don't cover like islands and uh-huh. stuff like that. I mean, I go there sometimes with my friends, but that's not, frankly, I wouldn't want to. Like an island like Got Samui or Phuket or whatever, there's just so many fucking hotels that I wouldn't want to do that. No, it's know? out of control. It's crazy. So I've done Thailand, I've done Malaysia, I've done Myanmar, Laos, Vietnam, mostly like mainland Southeast Asia. We just can talk random travel if that's cool with you. Sure. I, not a bad example. I was only in Malaysia for a day. Mm-hmm. Didn't like it. And I think it was because I got stuck in traffic, whatever. Mm-hmm. Malaysia, good place? Malaysia, like being totally honest, has a reputation in Southeast Asia for being a little bit, 
boring isn't the most yeah. <laughs> kind word, but like it's not as kind of edgy and ex- exciting as other countries. But I would say Malaysia is probably the best food country in Southeast Asia, in mainland Southeast Asia. Really? Yeah, it's great. Um, I, in some ways, better than Thailand. These, there's just there's a lot of diversity there. Mm-hmm. So in Malaysia, you have Malay people. Obviously, there's a lot of Chinese people. And the Chinese vendors in particular come from different parts of China, and they're, a lot of the vendors are pretty old, and they retain these old ways of cooking, these old recipes. They still cook over coals. They still use lard. The dishes there are really, really good. And they take probably so much pride in their cooking that it comes, it shows. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And there's uh, a lot of South Indians there. So the South Indian like vegetarian food is awesome. It's just like you go out in a, tank, in a, a town like Penang or something like that in Malaysia, and it's, it's awesome. Like You can get regional Chinese. You can get... Um, you can get South Indian food for breakfast. You can have regional Chinese food for lunch and then Malay or, you know, Thai or whatever for dinner. It's it's awesome. How much time do you spend usually in Asia the whole, like, throughout the year? I, I live in Bangkok. So, yeah, I'm trying to spend more time in the U.S. these days, but mm-hmm. Bangkok is home. I've been there since 1999. Really? Yeah. See, I always think that's – you can jump in whenever you want, Sam, too. <laughs> I always think it's such a, like a ballsy thing, like ba- moving to Bangkok. You know, you go there for a week. You love it. You jump to the little cities. The city just got you. You love it? Yeah, I guess, like, you know, my friends and I talk about that. Bangkok is is just a place that people kind of – I know so many people who just kind of came there for one reason or another and just stayed 10, 15 years or whatever. It's pretty, like – you know, in some ways it's a big city with a lot of, like, shitty big city stuff. You mm-hmm. know, it's pretty hot. It's polluted. Traffic's bad. But you can have, like, a great life there on a budget. You know, you can be an English teacher making 200, 300 bucks a month and still go out and have really good food – travel to these weird towns, you know, drink beer. Like, it's it's a really good value. I just told Simba we got back to from Cambodia. I'm like, beers oh, are 50 yeah. cents. Yeah. But here's why I'm mad. You know when you go see a band and they're like, never wear the like shirt of the band you're going to see? <laughs> so I just looked down. I'm wearing a fucking Bangkok T-shirt. I'm like, son of a bitch. That's what I'm <laughs> yeah. trying to cover it. I'm like, I'm that guy. Like, Austin's coming on. Let me show him that I've been to Thailand. Like, I feel Alson so stupid. Alsan Road shirt, yeah. too. Yeah. That's real. That's real edgy. <laughs> I was, was going to say, I'm really crazy. You don't know, have you ever heard of this road? <laughs> It's like, no. it's, it's like the uh, backpackers road, Simba. Austin, uh, I'll just ask you, for somebody who's thinking, like, because I'm not familiar. I've never been to Southeast Asia. Okay. However, I have my cousin who just recently launched up a startup. Okay. Actually, in uh, one of his offices in Bangkok, okay. in Thailand, uh-huh. he has an office in Indonesia okay. and one in Singapore. Mm-hmm. His brother is in Singapore. Okay. And uh, they've been... Basically, like trying to lure me to come to Southeast Asia. Yeah, do it. I am very like hesitant. You look scared. <laughs> I am scared. <laughs> He's scared of you, it. Austin. <laughs> but I, I've, I've, the idea. Give me, give me a call I, when you get there. I've entertained okay. the idea. At some point next year, you know, I'm planning on like uh, taking yeah, a trip yeah. over there. Mm-hmm. Like uh, to somebody who's scared and has the face <laughs> that I have right now talking to you. Uh-huh. What would you say to like say, hey? Um, well, I'll say this like. I'll say about Bangkok in particular. Bangkok for ages was a city that people just didn't like. Like travelers would generally come to Bangkok and spend as little time there before going to an island or going up to Chiang Mai. But Bangkok in the last four or five years has become like totally, really cosmopolitan. There's like malls. There's a public transportation system. There's a subway. You can, there's like multiple beers or multiple bars around my house that sell like American craft brews. You can. There's a Hooters across the street from my house in Bangkok. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Like I feel like all this stuff has come in the last four or five years, and it's become like a pretty like cosmopolitan place. Um, he sends me this crazy like traffic uh, uh, traffic uh, 
photos of uh-huh. him like just on like a, a moped oh yeah with yeah. like a thousand mopeds on yeah. like uh, on the road and i'm like dude yeah. if you're trying to sell me to come over there <laughs> this is not doing it yeah. no that's a that's a bangkok thing there's uh motorcycle taxis yeah i'm like Ooh. these guys with vests on a street yeah. corner and you roll up to them you say hey i'm going here and uh you hop on sometimes you get a helmet just hold on to the side it of the, looks the seat. I don't take them very much, man. They're, they're, those guys are often drunk or high. Or they just don't give a fuck, man. They're crazy. So, no, I don't do that too often. You mentioned the mall. They have a mall there that's super cool. It's like seven floors. M- MBK? Yeah, yeah, and each floor is like a different theme. Like one floor yeah. is Japan. And Oh, that one, yeah. yeah. Oh, that, that's what I'm talking about. And you uh-huh. walk, there's like looks like you're in japan and the yeah. next floor is like hollywood and yeah. there's like the golden gate bridge yeah, yeah. the next floor is like london it's like each floor istanbul yeah each floor mm-hmm. is directed which which mall are you talking it's about terminal 21 yes okay yes yes <laughs> and they have like the terminal 21 market there too right yeah, yes yeah. yes yes uh people are crazy about malls in bangkok malls are like what i don't know like a city park is here they're like <laughs> social centers and, and it kind of makes sense like they're air-conditioned you can there's tons there's huge food courts with lots of like cheap good food um you can just hang out you don't have to buy anything you know like i i get it like and to be honest like when i'm away from bangkok especially if i'm like you know in remote place in laos or vietnam or whatever first thing i do is go back to a mall it's just like comforting somehow (laughs) really wow yeah i kind of like it (laughs) how long you in new york for um uh, i think two weeks but i might extend it and what are you yeah. like? What are you doing here? I know we talked in the elevator for a minute. You're doing a little yeah. bit of press, but what else are you doing? Doing a here? little bit of press. Um, I'm doing a dinner or a lunch thing actually at Uncle Boone's mm-hmm. uh, Thai place in, mm-hmm. in Manhattan. Um, I like it here. I've actually been coming. I'm, I'm from Oregon originally. Um, I'm was the first one in my extended family to ever come to New York City. Okay. Uh, they're actually coming here next week, which is kind of crazy. Uh, I just like it. Like I've been in Thailand for almost 20 years now, which is good. I'm so you know I love my life there. But I kind of, after a while, I kind of have missed American stuff. And um, I don't know, New York is just like, it's America, but it's also like super international, super cosmopolitan. And it's still kind of new and exotic for me. And it's a huge place. So I really, I just love being here. What I know you're staying in Brooklyn. Where are you staying yeah. in Brooklyn? Uh, Sunset Park, staying in Andy's apartment. Uh, I was just, I'm like, <laughs> oh, Andy lives in uh, Brooklyn. Did you know that? Yeah. And what were you doing down on the Lower East Side? Uh, just now, I was meeting with the people at um, Uncle Boone's to arrange our. Uh, lunch thing that we're gonna do on friday and you're cooking and stuff or yeah yeah i think i mean they have there it depends i've done a couple of these up to this point and i actually did a lot of cooking i've never done this before so i wasn't quite sure if i would be cooking or just kind of tasting and overseeing but up to this point i've actually like been cooking a lot like at the pock pock thing they set up a walk for me out in the parking lot on a coal burning stove and i sat out there for two hours stirring this dish in the cold i feel like i'm stereotyping you because i want to be like overly generic and i try never to act. i want to be like so where do you eat thai food but you're not from new york so i was actually gonna ask you have you eaten i i've only eaten at pock pock yeah what, what i love that you just only plug andy ricker stuff <laughs> no i i mean to be honest like i've i've eaten at the various pock pocks in the u.s but i've never eaten thai food i just don't want to eat it when I'm i know here. it probably ruined it for you right I, I mean, it's like it's like me eating pizza in like Indianapolis. Like, <laughs> yeah, there you go. I went to the yeah. Super Bowl in Indianapolis. I'm like drunk. I'm like, I need to get some pizza. I'm like, what the fuck is like? Yeah. And that's what it's like. I can eat pizza. Or oh, going to Nairobi and getting some New York style pizza. Yeah, no, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Everyone yeah. has New York New York style anything. No, but that, yeah. so you can't come here the same way I can't go somewhere and like get a bagel. Yeah. Like I can't go to like Kentucky and grab a bagel yeah. and shit. So you it, can't. I mean. I, I don't know. I just it just doesn't appeal to me. And also, I'm here. It's still kind of new to me. So I want to have like New York stuff when I'm here. So let, let me hear some. We're gonna get back to the book, but what, I yeah. want to hear your New York things. What are you What are you doing this week in New York? Um, well, I'm doing. What am I? Oh, tomorrow I'm going to the. There's a food magazine called Saver. Okay. And 
my cookbook was selected for their like um, cookbook club or whatever. So I'm going to go in and make uh, Northern Thai dishes for them. And okay. they're going to film it. It's going to go online. Uh, we're making like, do you know what jackfruit is? Of course. Yeah. Uh, we actually, yeah, we just, we, we just ate it the other day. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So you can take young jackfruit, uh, which hasn't like, it's not as fragrant. It's like Im- immature kind of, it's almost kind of meaty actually. Mm-hmm. And you can make a salad out of it. It's in my cookbook. Uh, we're making two pounded salads, one of jackfruit and then another one of pomelo. Okay. Do you know what that is? I do not. Pomelo is like a big citrus fruit. It looks kind of like a grapefruit, but even bigger. And you kind of you tear out the segments and you pound it up with like lemongrass and like fish sauce and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So they're interested in these like pounded salads, like so, papaya salad. Yeah, sure so you're, you're kind of getting into like the cooking realm now, it seems, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not a chef, but um, I've always loved food and uh yeah, you know, I've done Lonely Planet for a long time, but to be honest, I'm more interested in doing this food stuff. It's really fun for me. Hmm. Doing this book, it's a cookbook, mm-hmm. but it's also a documentary photo book and stuff because we're going to talk about your photography in a minute. Mm. All the food, can you get here? Like if I if I get the book, mm-hmm. which again, you didn't bring me one. I'm gonna, <laughs> <laughs> if I get the book, can we cook some of the dishes I here? I got mugged on the way here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I would believe like, New York experience. I would believe him. Like, okay, I believe it. My bad, bro. No, I would believe them. It is New York. It is New York. You know what? You know. Right before we got here, we were in the Dwayne Reed at the corner yeah. just buying beer and some dude was trying to steal. They Some like huge security guard threw him out right right we were there. Really? So I believe it. So you should have said that you got the book <laughs> stolen. in Brooklyn. You know, you got to go through like I uh, yeah. got to through. Yeah, no, no. I feel you. Like I got robbed twice. No, I believe yeah. you, man. No, you're right. Best eye. You're going through a best eye. You're going through all the barrels. <laughs> food, food is really hot right now. People yeah. want cookbooks. People you know? see that Thai cookbook. Like, give <laughs> yeah. me that Thai yeah. cookbook. But the ingredients, could we get some of them here or some of them? Is that a little eh? I think um, in my particular book, there's some dishes that even people in Bangkok would struggle to make. Like, the ingredients are so bizarre or really? so, like, esoteric or so specific. Wow. But there's other ingredients. There's other recipes that someone like Idaho could make. Like, they're really simple um, so I think it has the whole spectrum. Um, there's some, like actually some of the most, there's a, some of the recipes in the book are like, they're called hill tribes okay. up in Northern Thailand. You kind of see them around. They're different ethnic groups that live in the mountains. They don't speak Thai. They live in really remote places. And I kind of wanted to document their stuff for the book. And, uh, paradoxically, some of their recipes were the most simple. Like there's one dish that's basically like mashed potatoes, but it's like spicy mashed potatoes with chili, garlic chives, garlic. Um, salt. It's really tasty. Uh, and it comes out green because you, <laughs> you pound it up with like garlic chives. It looks like something from like a Dr. Seuss book or something. Like that. But it's super tasty. And you can make that anywhere. You know? You're know. you excited about this book. Oh, yeah. No, I, love, I love this stuff. I went on your website to look at your pictures. Mm-hmm. And I went, to, I went to the blog section. Okay. And like I said, it wasn't – I was like, oh, I hope it's not like the generic Instagram picture of food. But you try to do it on a cool angle. Mm-hmm. You take so many pictures of it. And all I knew about you was – from the website, taking mm-hmm. pictures of food, describing all the food, like saying how the all the Thai women are holding like the white, like was it over the over the pot, like to steam it, like oh yeah, yeah. you get uh-huh. like yeah, I really the I went on like yeah, yeah, like you really get into all that shit. I mean, it was like really impressive seeing all that stuff. Uh, it's it's interesting for me, um, and like my whole approach to this, especially the book, was like kind of I have a lot of journalist friends in Bangkok, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't call myself a journalist. I have okay. like proper you know people who report on news and stuff like that. But I spent a lot of time with them, and they kind of influenced my perspective on this. So, like, in doing this book, I wanted to be as accurate as possible. I took all kinds of notes. I was always taking video and photos with my iPhone, took a lot of photos with my camera, and, you know, would ask follow-up questions and, like, kind of use these techniques that um, my journalist friends actually use. And, like, I wanted it to be sort of a document of the food. And the photos, like, I'm really proud of that because all the photos you see in the book 
are taken normally in a cookbook, you know, even if it's a cookbook about Chinese food or Indian food, they maybe they'll do their research in China or in India, but then they'll come back to a studio in LA or New York and they'll shoot all the dishes there with a food stylist or mm -hmm. something. These are all shot exactly in the places I was talking about. Mm -hmm. You can tell that too because, uh, like, some, somebody just move your phone's on. Some, some of the tables itself, like, you can mm -hmm. still see, like, that's like a Thai table. You see, oh, like, the totally. feet of the, like, yeah. it's like, I'm telling you, I was overly, and I'm like one of those guys, <laughs> oh, you take pictures. Dude, I was really impressed with the whole aspect of everything there. Yeah. Can we, can we talk about Lonely Planet for a second? Yeah, sure. Because it gets a bad rap, I think. <laughs> yeah. It does. Like, it's like, there's like a site, like, don't go to any of the places Lonely Planet goes mm -hmm. to. We were at a party last night, and we were saying how many countries we've been to and how we love traveling. Mm -hmm. And this one girl's like, don't go to Machu Picchu. Don't go to any place tourists yeah, go to. Yeah. I'm like, but but you've been there, and I, I want to see it. I understand the over-tourism, over-population. Sure. Yeah. But, like, I think Lonely Planet kind of gives you both perspectives. It's like, hey, mm -hmm. here are tourist places. So being from Lonely Planet, you get any shit for working for Lonely Planet or no? You know, it's changed a lot. Like, 10 years ago, Lonely Planet, especially in Southeast Asia, was, like, the only game. But now there's TripAdvisor. Now there's just free information on Google. There's, there's um, you know, blogs and stuff like that. So... Lonely Planet isn't as influential as it used to be. So that's kind of changed. Okay. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. It can also be a force for good. Like, there's a restaurant in northern Thailand that I really like in this town that's pretty touristy. And it's the one restaurant in this relatively touristy town that actually does local food. And so I always write it up. You know, I give it, like, special, you know, like, attention or whatever. And I went back after a year or two, and they were, like, they were so excited. They recognized me. They're like, oh, you're the guy who wrote the book. She's like... Every day we get foreigners coming in here holding your book, and um, we've made you know we've sold so much, and we earned enough money to renovate our restaurant. Wow. And they put like a new roof on it. They cleaned it up, and the, the food I thought was still just the same as it was before. So that, that like that that was yeah. awesome. See, that's a plus of it because I'll, obviously I'm, I'm going to say it's you know Anthony Bourdain, <laughs> um, like he would go to these places, and I was in Vietnam, and they had like the lunch lady of Saigon. Uh -huh. I walked like three miles because she was on his show. So we have her noodles, and it was like 90% white people there, mm. like 90% of the Westerners yeah. there. And people like – even me, I'm like, oh, man, that sucks. Like, look what we did to this place. Like, we crushed it. And then thinking about it, I'm like, look at the lunch lady. She has a nice car. She has this. So, like, on the one edge, it's like, oh, man, like over-tourism. Mm. But in the other place, we're getting good food, and they're, like, really benefiting from it. Yeah. So I don't – what's the negative, like – the lines are longer, but like I never got the hate about like, <laughs> like there's no place on this earth now because of Instagram that are like yeah, sure. unexplored. Yeah, yeah. The guy, you know, I I'm friends with the guy. He's called Joe Cummings, the guy who did Lonely Planet. He was the first like Thailand guy since like 1979. And his take is, you know, if I didn't write about it, someone else would. Yeah, it's gonna get out there somehow if it's a quality, interesting thing. And so you know, I kind of take that approach. But like I'm happy to like. What, what I can do is, like at that restaurant in, in northern Thailand, direct people towards cool local stuff. Because you look at other guides or you look at resources online, and they'll often direct you to not very, you know, quote-unquote authentic local stuff. You know, there, some guides might direct you to the Hooters across the street from my house. <laughs> Dude, it's great. You know? we, we just got back from Cambodia, and we uh, spent, like, at least, like, 10 hours online. Mm -hmm. Like, local places to eat. Yeah. And they were like, 
this place has the best hamburger in Campbell. I'm like, I don't want like you don't want to see any. You only want like local stuff. Mm-hmm. And I feel like places like Lonely Dude, Planet. A good cheeseburger. Is, yeah, <laughs> I'm saying it don't, crosses don't, borders. Yeah, <laughs> don't be don't be slaying on a good cheeseburger like that, brother. <laughs> when when you got to Thailand the first time, what was your job? Like you didn't have a job. You went there. You fell in love with it. What was your job to do? I know you're there on scholarship. Yeah, yeah. So initially, I studied Thai at Chiang Mai University for like one term or something, and then I got uh, a job te- teaching English, just like everybody else does. Okay. Uh, I did that for three or four years. And then um, I just, I knew I didn't want to do that as a career, so I moved into writing and photography. You land in New York, you land in America. What's your first go-to meal that they don't have in Thailand? Like, you need, I need blank. You know what I like here is, um, I mean, I'm from Oregon. Okay. Um, I li- I do like some, like, typical New York stuff, like Jewish deli stuff. I love that. Oh, like a pastrami sandwich? I like that, but you know what I really like is, have you been to Barney Greengrass? No, I haven't. Upper Wait, we're West all, Side, I think. No, we're all from New York. No one's been really? there. Upper West Side? Upper West Side, I, I think. Upper West Side. Oh, really? Barney Greengrass? Barney Greengrass. Is it's that on 75? Uh, maybe. It's called like the Sturgeon King. Yeah, maybe. I think that's... Is that on like 75? I think Bourdain yeah. used to like it, actually. What is it? It's uh, I think it's old... like right in your neighborhood. Wait, I'll be honest. He cr- we all, <laughs> all of us like, live in New York City. I think like... I've heard of that before. Really? Did I just uh, turn you guys on to a cool yeah. local thing? Yeah, I think you did. Check it out. It's, I think you did. I've never been. It's but like a deli heard. that's been there since 1915 yeah. or something. And they do scrambled eggs with like, I don't know, smoked sturgeon or something like that. And I just, I don't know. It's not that sophisticated of a dish, but it's really tasty. And they serve it with like a bialy or a bagel. I really, and it's really... Old school restaurant. There's wallpaper on there from like the 50s that looks like, I don't know, it's pictures of like New Orleans or something. <laughs> and the waiters are kind of grumpy, but I love that place. I love that. I love good Mexican food. That's mm-hmm. something like there are people doing Mexican food in Bangkok, but it's just, it's not good. So I'll do that. Um, yeah, I just try and get the stuff that I can't get, you know. Are you doing any sightseeing here? Um, well, my family's coming next week, so I will be doing some What are you going to be doing? Let me hear. I don't know. They've never been here. So I think we have to do like the Statue of Liberty, you know. Um, Empire State, Empire State Building. Building, yeah. The High Line. The High Line, yeah. Well, I think we're going to do all that stuff. I want to go to a hockey game. I used to play hockey growing up. So okay. Go to, like, Which one are you going? Game. Are you going to uh, MSG or are you going to Barclays? Pro- Barclays. Yeah, probably. go. Ah. Barclays is cheap. Right. Simba of, lives right there. It's a oh, block bro. for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Simba's like, Austin, if you want to sleep in my house, and then when I go to Bangkok <laughs> for three months, welcome is it to cool? My, welcome to my hood. <laughs> is it cool if I sleep with you? <laughs> with the book, obviously it's like a, a certain market. Like you're not going to be going around just doing – all different things. How do you judge the success of a of a cookbook like that? That's hard to say. You know, um, I mean, I, I have to acknowledge that this book that I did, I'm very proud of it. But it's a very specific, esoteric topic. You know, it's a niche thing. Um, but like, I'm always surprised. Like on Instagram and stuff like that, there's just so many people who are actually making these recipes. So the the feedback I get kind of informally on social media is like is awesome. I don't think. It's a book that's going to sell tons of copies, mm-hmm. but I think I did a good job on it. I'd love to be like nominated for some sort of you know cookbook award or something like that. That would be awesome. Well, that was actually that, my, would be that was like, my question because there's all categories for all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be like that's that's kind of my goal. Like I know this is not going to sell millions of copies or whatever, but people are interested in it. I'm very proud of it. I've gotten good feedback, so yeah, I think that's possible. Hopefully, do you do photography also for Lonely Planet, or you just write this stuff on it? Because I saw on your page. Mm-hmm. You had a really cool cover photo of Vietnam with all the mm-hmm. red 
was it what was the red is it like red flowers or oh, red hats yeah. i didn't take that photo i contributed to that guy okay okay did the photo. But, but sometimes i'll do photos for lonely really Pines. yeah yeah you have like a really interesting life that's like really cool what's <laughs> the most stressful part about your job i mean it's better now but like i'm totally freelance so some months i don't make any money other months i make a lot of money but i'm kind of used to that at this point um the travel is like you know i like traveling but being on the road is hard. Like it's hard to maintain a relationship. I miss my friends. I, I love cooking, so I just miss being at home and cooking. Um, that stuff is after doing it for like almost fifteen years now. It's kind of a grind. But is it running its course now? Like oh, a little bit. Like I'd like to settle down a little bit, but I also want to do more of these books. You know. Um, but the good thing about doing these books is like it is a lot of travel, but it's also a lot of writing and recipe testing. So it's yeah. a good like balance for me. I spend you know. Maybe half my time on the road and the other half like writing or testing recipes or something. So. When we go to places <clears throat> like you're based in Bangkok, mm-hmm. which has the two great airports that fly everywhere super cheap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just take weekend trips all over the place or? Um, you know, because I travel so much, I actually, when I'm in Bangkok, I try to stick around. I, I want to see my friends, you know, I want to cook or whatever. But no, Bangkok's great for that. I can fly to, there's all these budget airlines. Yeah, oh, I know, fly I know. anywhere in the region, super cheap. So I was just telling Simba, I'm like, dude, go to Bangkok. You can, like, legit fly for 15 bucks. 25 bucks, you can fly all over the place. Yeah, it's it's super cheap. Should I be centered in Bangkok, though? Because Bangkok can't. What, centered? Are you moving there? <laughs> I mean, like, Simba, are you, are you? I'm going there for a month and a half. And then, like, trying to figure, like, okay, is this you should, I Yeah, you like, should fly to Bangkok. Well, don't ask me. Ask Austin, bro. I've been there a few times. I've always... <laughs> <laughs> no, Bangkok is... I mean, you can yeah. fly anywhere super cheap. Um, and Bangkok is, like, like I said, it's not super intimidating. You know, if you were to fly into Saigon or something, Saigon is... Or Hanoi is pretty crazy. You know, it's charming in its own way, but it's, like, noisy and kind of hectic. Bangkok is, like, kind of a middle ground now, you know? You can fly to Sing- Singapore if you wanted something really safe and like approachable. That's too expensive in Singapore. Singapore like, I'm not trying, like, I might as well just live in like, New York if yeah. I'm going to Singapore. Well, you're going to be staying in Austin's <laughs> place for a week. <laughs> so he's going to stay with Austin for a week. I'm wearing my Cal Sun Road shirt. Last time you've been there. Uh, it, so I, I actually, unlike most of my friends who live in Bangkok, I go there occasionally just to like, you know, for Lonely Planet, I have to check out like hotels and stuff in that area. So I'll be, I'll go there like a couple times a year. Is that like our Times Square? Like we drink. Yeah. So we came in and I'm <laughs> like, guys, good, I'm so good. sorry. The studio's in Times Square. Like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah. you, you, we have to go to Times. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Like, I, I feel embarrassed bringing people to Times. I'm like, the building's here. But yet, uh, you'll be here in a few weeks, next week when your parents are here. You have to show yeah, them Times sure. Square. Uh-huh. So, Cows on Road is at Times Square. That's a good, uh, I think that's a good equivalent, actually. Like, Where did I stay? In, I stayed on Cows on Road oh, the first did you time. Stay there? I know the first time I stayed there. Yeah, the, I did too. The Ricca Inn. Sounds, oh, yeah, yeah. I, it was like I tw- put that one in the guidebook. It was like $26 <laughs> for the night. For a like, kind of nice place, right? It's a real nice place. Yeah, you have it a was swimming tw- pool. Yeah, it was $26 with like a rooftop swimming pool. I'm like, mm-hmm. $26. Are you kidding me? This is the cool. Like, <laughs> remember, I, I only travel normal. Not that Thailand's not normal, but the first time I was in Southeast Asia, mm-hmm. <clears throat> we land and we take the cab. And I'll forget, I was like, yo, always ask for a meter in oh, Thailand. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, dude, it's $4. Who cares? And then the meter's like $1.20. I'm like, shit. So I was getting like scanned, like $2. <laughs> but we stayed in the Ricca Inn. It was like $26 for the night, like a nice place. I'm like, yeah. And then, like, you're partying and like they're outside just cooking like pad thai. It was an egg roll and a beer. It was like two bucks. Yeah. No, it's, it's crazy. I was in New York this summer, uh, and I flew back to Bangkok, and the next day I had some work to do. So I went to my, like, library co-working space or whatever, and the taxi was 50 baht, $1.50 for a 10-minute <laughs> taxi ride. And then I worked, and then I got lunch, really good Thai food for 70 baht. 
two dollars approximately. I was like, this is just coming from New York. I'm like, this is insane. Like it was the first time I really like realized how much of a price, how like such a good value it was. And I was just telling Simba in Cambodia, beers were fifty cents. Yeah, Cambodia's like, the alcohol there is really cheap. Like I, my girlfriend and I, we were just there. We 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 land and she's like, oh, I you know I, I read this like local noodle place, and she keeps making jokes. It was a noodle place. We had like. Two big thing of noodles, some spring rolls, fruit, two beers. It was like four bucks, and I give like a five dollar tip because like I, you know, I feel bad, and then all of a sudden like I'm a tipper, and like they love people like you. Oh, wait, the best spot, Austin. Three days later, we go there to have like our goodbye dinner, and it was closed. Uh-huh. And Julie's like, "You gave five dollars. They're renovating the whole place. The place is." Yeah. But you know what? I, I, I'm the guy. Like I'm this. I hate to say sucker. I'm like, how good was that food? Let's get five dollars. Like the meal was three dollars. I'm like, I know, but like I feel so bad. They work so hard. <laughs> you closely shut them down for a month. I did. I yeah, no yeah. one else is eating there because like the one white dude ate there and like you're, you're it, also it, setting a bad precedent for the rest of us. Oh, I know. Pe- you know we people. we move there to escape tipping culture. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's that fucking guy with the Yankee hat leaving a five dollar tip, like <laughs> making this shit rain out here. Uh, give me. We didn't talk about it yet with Lonely Planet. Mm-hmm. You get a call like, hey, do me a favor, go read about. Oh, that. You get an email like, "Hey, like go to how I get the gigs." Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's changed a lot. Like in the back in you know when I first started there, uh, it kind of was dependent on your relationship with the editor. So I had an editor that I'd worked with before, and we had a good relationship. And she would just send me an email, "Hey, the Bangkok guide is coming around the corner. You want to do it?" Like, yeah, sure. Nowadays it's a bit different. Um, they send out like a mass email to everybody, all the authors, and you kind of have to pitch. But I, I, I've done so many Thailand-related things that kind of, you know, it's like my turf. I, like your I name's heavy, like, yeah, I'm doing this. Yeah, a bit. So, I mean, it, yeah, we'll see. But that's that's how it's been up to this point. What other places in Southeast Asia are you into that you recommend? Uh, I, Myanmar, if you've ever been Oh, there. I've been. Oh, oh, have you? Awesome, yeah, yeah. Myanmar is great. Like, like three years ago, I went it was awesome. Yeah, I love it. I've, I've covered it twice for the guidebook, and I've just been there a lot on my own. And it, like... It's a cheese. It's kind of a loaded word, but it really does feel exotic. Like it feels like it's in the past. Um, it's still like uncorrupted. Yeah. Is that? Yeah. Uh, it, it feels. You know, like the number of tourists that go there compared to Thailand is like nothing. Mm-hmm. There's still pretty remote places that you can go. Um, yeah, it just feels like really like exotic, <laughs> for lack of a better word. I like it a lot. Well, it's a tough. It's a tough country to travel in. Like. Traffic-wise, it's brutal. Yeah. I, I haven't been in a few years, but I've heard traffic in Yangon is really bad now. Yeah. To get to different places, you can either take a really slow bus or an even slower train or a terrifying plane ride. So, like, <laughs> the infrastructure there is pretty bad. I once took a train ride there that, God, it was only, like, 200 kilometers. It was south to this town for, called Molamyain. It was for Lonely Planet or something. Only 200 kilometers. What is that, like, 150 miles or okay. something? It was supposed to take maybe six hours, which is a really long time for a, tra- a trip that short, but it took 24 hours. <laughs> Wait, why? Why? <laughs> this was like before Myanmar had kind of opened up, and there was some, there's like a lot of like there's like wars going on and insurgencies and stuff wow. like that, and they, were, they had a rule that um, trains couldn't run at night. They were afraid that the trains would get like, I don't know, robbed or something like that. So we, the train was delayed like four hours, and we, you know, we left the station super late, and we got about halfway there, and it was dark. So we just parked and slept in my seat. <laughs> it's like from here to Philly. Yeah. Yeah. No, really. Imagine 24 hours? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> it was bonkers. It was totally insane. We, we just left 27th Street, and we had to go like 15 blocks, and we saw the traffic. Like, dude, let's just walk. We can't take this 15-block <laughs> yeah. walk. Uh-huh. Worst assignment you've ever been on? Worst assignment. Oh, that's a tough one. I don't know. Um, I'm not sure, actually. 
Like for Lonely Planet or just like food wise? Mm-hmm. No, in, in general, like what you like, this is not worth it. <laughs> I mean, I've done a couple like beachy sort of things for Lonely Planet over the years, and I just, I'm not much of a beach person. Uh, and like I said, like at these island resorts, there's just so many fucking hotels that it's there's like not one endless. Thai person either. <laughs> yeah, and it's hard to find local food. You know, like I'm I'm not into those places. So occasionally I've done these like island gigs on Phuket or whatever, and I'm not too crazy about it. So, I mean, I sound like a spoiled brat. No, you know, because yeah. I went to the uh, like the PP Islands. Yeah, and there's not one. There's not one noodle there. No. It was like pizza and like Australia. It's all Australian. Yeah. Like all yeah. Australian stuff. There's none. Yeah. Does that bother you that it's so Westernized? Yeah, a little bit, but you know, I do what I can in these guidebooks. And if I had to cover one of those places, I would do my like best to like find the one lady who's doing you know grilled chicken or whatever, and like give that prominence. Like that's what I try to do because the other stuff people are going to find it, you know. But they need a little bit of handholding to find like the cool local thing. So the food in Northern, the food in Northern Thailand. What was the purpose of the book? Like to just show. First of all, beyond how good the food is, mm-hmm. but it's also like you. I don't want to say showing off. Maybe showing your professionalism how good you are because like the, no the pictures like what's the, the purpose of a book like this um I, I yeah i see what you're getting at like cookbooks are different nowadays like when i was growing up your kids or whatever cookbooks were just recipes big, no pictures big yeah of recipes with no pictures uh but they're different now food is cool um and people use cookbooks engage with cookbooks in different ways they're aspirational their gifts their coffee table books their inspirations you know um so I wanted my book, I acknowledge that like a lot of the recipes are too complicated or require weird ingredients. So I wanted the book to have other elements, you know, narrative text that people could dig into, um, big photos that people could flip through. And my hope is like so just a casual visitor to Thailand, or especially northern Thailand, would find something interesting in this book. Do a lot of people hit you up when they're there, like internet people? Oh, yeah, for, like, restaurant recommendations. And stuff. Oh, do yeah, they? For sure, yeah. Fuck, I was like, when I go there, I'm going to hit them up. Like, <laughs> do they have people that hit you up? and like, yo. Yeah, all the time. But, I, you know, we did a cool thing for this book. Um, if you go to my website, we actually I collaborated with the publishing company, and we have this free PDF that, so like you said, all the um, dishes in my cookbook come from, like, real people in northern Thailand, some of which are vendors and uh, restaurants. So we made, like, a guide to all those vendors and restaurants. So if you like the cow soy recipe, you can go to the actual cow soy restaurant. Oh, that's a great job. Oh, it's super. It's really cool. It's a PDF and like it has Google Maps links and and like Thai language. So you could print it out, use it on your phone and like actually find these places. That's really fucking cool. Yeah, I think it's really cool. So That's really different. Yeah. And some of the places like don't have, you know, English language signs or whatever. Or addresses. Or addresses. That was our problem in Cambodia. Like we found these places. I'm like, it doesn't have an address. How do we get here? Yeah. (laughs) And having done Lonely Planet, like I realized that. So I wanted like a way to like kind of, you know, help people find these places. So is the, we're going to finish up in a minute, but is the Lonely Planet, I know I said, not that you're getting bored with it, but you think there's going to come a time with like, okay, I'm done. I'm coming home back to (laughs) Oregon or Thailand if you. Um. You know, I'll, all my work is in Thailand. I'll always be working there. But, like, I do miss, like, American stuff. I grew up in Oregon, so I grew up hiking, camping, and stuff. Not a Ducks fan, are you? Uh, I went to U of O. I don't watch football. Okay, so. I was going to say, okay. <laughs> Technically, I guess I'm a Ducks fan. Okay, okay. Um, is that bad? Well, we're Kentucky basketball fans. So. Uh, okay. No, it's actually good because he was probably there when uh, Rich Brooks was there. He doesn't. Know, you know, I love. I, I knew we get not, not sports nah. guy at all. Uh, I used to play ice hockey. Okay, that's okay. like my my one thing. Well, the Flying Ducks from Mighty <laughs> <the> Mighty Ducks. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah, Goldberg the goalie. <laughs> <laughs> 
plug how you can get the book and everything on the book and your website. The book is is uh, out there. Uh, I just saw it at the Strand in New York. It's at Pals in Portland. Ooh. It's it's there. So um, it's online. It was uh, published by Clarkson Potter. Uh, and then my website is Austin Bush Photography, where you can get this cool PDF I was talking about. And that you can email him. You can stay oh, with the, him. The book is called The Food of Northern Thailand, just food to, of if Northern that Thailand. wasn't made clear enough. And you can find him on Twitter at? Uh, God, Instagram at Bush Austin. Twitter, or something like that. If you need a place to stay in Thailand, you can stay with <laughs> If $26 at the Ricka Inn is too expensive, you can stay with him. I have well, a big balcony. Yeah. I'll be hitting you up sometime this spring, <laughs> there summer. There might not be room because Simba's going to be there. <laughs> spring, summer of uh, 2019. You, you know what's funny? No one realizes this. Like, Austin's like, oh, my God, that was – hopefully hopefully you had as much fun as we did. But Simba's legit going to show up with, like, three suitcases. Like, Austin, I'm moving in. I'm moving I, in for three months. And Mike would tell you this. Of everybody here, between Mike and I, I'm the one person who actually buy your book and cook and like cook some of the recipes because I actually do cook. You, you I, did already? I, I, no, I I haven't, <laughs> but I will okay. get your book. Yo, oh, he's I'm, gonna. I, I'm, I'm gonna get your book, <laughs> All right. and I'm gonna cook a dinner for like these guys <laughs> from one of your recipes. All right, though, I that, plan on doing that's that. That's the kind of feedback I haven't got yet. Like people, like, hey, what what the fuck is this? Like, how yeah. much chili do <laughs> I need? And we're gonna that? send you a picture. Well, that's yeah, what no, I'm happy. To we will it. send you a picture because I do have like a. I try to do this as much as possible. It's mm-hmm. hard in New York yeah. to cook, mm-hmm. but like uh, me and like my uh, roommate, we have enough space to where we can like have like fifteen to twenty people. What uh-huh. a show like, off! My God, <laughs> uh, for like a dinner party. Uh-huh. So oh, like awesome. once every like seasonal. So like uh, four times a year, we try to do like uh, a seasonal dinner. Okay, cool. So like for one of those Northern seasonal Thai. dinners, we're gonna do a Northern Thai. Awesome. Cool. And we'll send you a, pic, uh, a number of pictures. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. Well, I was going to say, Simba had a uh, uh, – Simba's from Zimbabwe. I don't know oh, if you got okay. – his accent's uh, not Brooklyn. It's from Zimbabwe. <laughs> and Simba had us over, and he had an African food night. Oh, man. I'd see, that's the kind of stuff I'd love. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, now that Simba said it, he's legit. And when I went there, I'm like, oh, Simba's going to cook for us. Yeah. Like, I've cooked people. I, I got everything from the store. I threw it out there. Uh-huh. Dude, like 10 hours he cooked. What what was that? Just give them the, like the layout you had. Fufu is that a Zimbabwe thing? Yes, uh, yeah. So they had like uh, <laughs> they had that, but like we, in uh-huh. Zimbabwe, like fufu is uh, the same like uh, uh, cons- uh, consistency, yeah. which is like a uh, cornmeal. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like in West Africa. Yeah, yeah. We do the same dish uh-huh. in Southern Africa. Okay. We call it sadza. Ah, uh, okay. Uh-huh. Uh, I did it in uh, oxtail. How good was the oxtail, oh, Mike? Man, I love oxtail. Oxtail. That I took, awesome. like my mom's oxtail like oh, recipe. I, I've sort of like. Souped it up a little bit, uh-huh. make it like a uh, westernized so that like my w- like American friends. Can you can say to me, you said white friends. Yeah. Me, you're allowed to say <laughs> it. I did like a uh, greens, greens with peanut butter. Peanut butter oh. is like a very like big like uh, really? like uh, yes um, ingredient. I, I know so like, little uh, about African, African. yeah, especially in, like Western uh, Western African uh, cultures, mm-hmm. they use a lot of like a uh, peanut butter sauce. Really, yeah, for like uh, whatever they use. So I did like a peanut butter like spinach like dish. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else did you guys say? Oh, chicken feet. It was cow feet. <laughs> cow feet. Oh, cow, cow, cow feet. Like yeah. Cow feet. Yeah. How That's good, good. Was, dude? Oh, so we. It was nuts. Like, <laughs> he, dude, was he had never had cow feet before. Yeah. Mike like was like sucking on like sucking the cow feet. Really, yeah. the cow feet. <laughs> I drove down to Pennsylvania. I just tackled the cow. <laughs> 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 yeah. I'd like slow cooked it for like literally like um, 20, 30 minutes maybe, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was like slow cook like an entire yeah, day. You have to cook that yeah, shit. Yeah, I time. just like cook it like all the way through like 
That's put awesome. a lot of like hours into like those dishes, but like a lot of like the African dishes mm-hmm. are obviously very stewy. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like it's a lot of like slow cooking. Mm-hmm. Is there yeah. a place to get Zimbabwean food in New York City? That is that's no. good. Well, oh. if if you go to ha- if you go up to Harlem, yeah, on one uh, sixteenth, yeah, there are a lot of like African like uh, oh, joints. Okay. I haven't been there. Uh, well, right uh, there on Twenty Sixth Street too. The place you sent me to. Which one? Uh, what was that kid's name? You had uh, your friend from Zimbabwe that you let it slip on your couch. <laughs> Oh no no no! Oh yeah, there 26th was Twenty uh, Sixth Street. There's a, the small little kid. There was a. Uh, you should. You should we, we we always go to Ethiopian food. Oh, I love Ethiopian. Oh, on East Seventh Street, a wash. Oh, okay. incredible! Yeah, I've heard of this place. Yeah, yeah. And then they. Uh, but like, if you really want, like, l- honestly, the best African food that I've had in uh in New York yeah. is actually from Somalia. Oh really? Which I'd never had Somalian food yeah. until I came to uh New York. Okay. On one sixteenth, yeah. there's like this really small uh-huh. mama papa joint. Mm. Uh, it's called Safari. Okay. Mona <laughs> is the owner of that place. Yeah. She would take care of you. <laughs> Honestly. Should I mention like, your name? Yeah. <laughs> if you tell a simple saint you over there. There's like a like thousand that. African dudes. Yeah. I go there all <laughs> yeah. Come on in. <laughs> and like, Zimbabwe. honestly, like, because like you never hear of Somalian food, right? Like, never. It's, no. it's like, is it they eat with injera, right? They in, uh, no, actually, like, because you're thinking of like Ethiopian. Ethiopian, but, yes. but I've heard That's, that Somalia also, some people use Somali, it. Somali, right? yeah, because you... Because Somalia is sort of like uh, you have like uh, Som- uh, Ethiopia, you uh-huh. have like Eritrea, yeah, yeah. and then like you have like Somalia right over there. Yeah. So they're like um, their dietary is like a blend between like the uh, two, but like it's yeah, also sure. very different, especially when you go to Mogadishu. Like, uh, uh, yeah, is it Mogad- Mogadishu? Yeah, Mogadishu. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like their dishes in Mogadishu are like very distinct. Uh, okay. In like uh, what they do with their dishes, mm. they're like. Honestly, it's unlike any other African. It's not like it's a blend between like Mediterranean because mm-hmm. of like uh, the uh, Arabian, yes. yeah, and like uh, and like African food. And it's like that sounds great. Yeah, and I'm, let I'm her know Simba sent you. One sixteenth, go one sixteenth safari. Honestly, are you, you guys like, uh, you sponsored by them? I was just gonna say. I was Zero. just gonna say. Zero connection to like Austin uh, Bush's uh, podcast was sponsored by <laughs> Safari. Hey, um. So when Simba does his, he's gonna legitimately do a Northern Thai thing. We're gonna okay. send you all the pictures. Yeah, we'll I videotape totally it. I'll bring you some some of my cookies as well if I wanted to plug myself <laughs> in, which I do. I bake cookies. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. You know what's great? <laughs> oh, I know in like two months I'm gonna hit Simba up and he's gonna be like, I am in Austin's house, and Austin's gonna be like, dude, I'm what the f- I bake cookies. Yes, Austin's like, I did one podcast. I got this African dude cooking cookies in my house. Austin Bush. The last question I always ask is this. <laughs> sure. You and I are at a bar. Uh-huh. You want to impress everyone in the bar. Okay. I kind of think I know the answer because yeah. I think he's cool. <laughs> Who's the coolest dude in your phone that if you texted them, phone. they would text you back within an hour? Um, well, I mean, I guess I, don't know, I feel like I'm just kissing up to Andy if I say that. No, because I think Andy's the coolest dude. <laughs> <laughs> he's also not that cool. No, no don't tell me. Honest. Don't tell me that. So you want to hear my Andy Ricker connection and then we'll wrap it up. And then we need your answer. Can answers I still. say this? Yes. Uh, so via Andy, I have uh, Aziz Ansari's number in my phone. That's pretty cool. Right? Who is that? Who is that? He's a comedian. Indian We're not, I've never met him, but we've corresponded. He was in Thailand, and I gave him some restaurant. Oh, really? Why, yeah. why would we meet Andy, him? It, we just didn't. We were in different places at different times. So. He's awesome. yeah. What's his name? Aziz. See, they, they know who Yo. he is. Yeah, he's like legit awesome. Okay, okay. Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. I don't know him, so but that's it's Hold in up. my phone. <laughs> no, that's a good answer. But I'll tell you my one Andy Ricker story. I know probably the f- okay. most famous Indian like uh, comedian. Besides Mindy Kaling. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah I watched The Office. Relax, no, Simba. Step yeah. back with that. As this is more like. Office over Parks and Rec. Okay. All right, p- <laughs> someone pull him up. I want to see what he looks like. 
So, uh, so here's my Andy Ricker connection. So when Pac Pac comes to New York, like it was in a newspaper, like, oh, a northern Thai place in Brooklyn. Mm. I'm like, oh. So right away, I'm like, that's different. We'll go there. Awesome food. Mm-hmm. Like legit, yeah, nice. legit different food. That, oh, I know that dude. <laughs> you have him on your phone? Yeah. <laughs> FaceTime him. <laughs> um, so I went there. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then the famous Bourdain episode comes out. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. It's Bourdain in Chiang Mai yeah. with Andy Ricker drinking. And that's the old school Bourdain episodes. Uh, before... He went a little political, some of it, maybe a little more, um, maybe, you know, he talked about his beliefs a little more, but the Andy Ricker one was straight up like, let's get drunk, yeah, let's fun. eat, really fun. get in a tuk-tuk, and let's just go. Yeah. And it was incredible. So I went to Pog Pop like maybe seven or eight times. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm, I'm always that guy like, oh, I wonder if Andy Ricker's here. He's <laughs> never going to be here. Yeah. So Pog Pog announces it's closing. I'm like, oh my God, that sucks. Yeah. So Julia and I make three reservations for Pog Pog. Uh-huh. And we go there two times, and we're going there the day before it closes. Mm. And we walk in, and here's the big white dude, Andy Rick. I'm like, <laughs> Andy, Andy, huge fan. He's like, oh, thank you. Because like, no one really recognized him. I shake his hand. I'm like, hey, before I go, I want, I want to get a picture with you. He's like, okay. And he was on my show before. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to be like, hey, two years ago, you called into my uh, podcast. Okay. Uh-huh. We finished eating, Simba. He's standing by the like, kitchen. He's cooking. And Julie's like, oh, let's go. I'm like, listen, listen. <laughs> Because I do the Opie podcast, I'm getting to meet, like, all these A-list celebrities. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I need to meet Andy Ricker. Like, this is my dude. <laughs> I waited there for 20 minutes, and I see him, like, <laughs> out of the corner of his eye. Like, why is this dude <laughs> yeah. just standing by it? Uh-huh. Like, he's not leaving. Yeah. So I left. He was so gracious. He came out, and he talked to me for, like, maybe 10 minutes, took pictures with us. We talked about the menu. Yeah. And then I emailed him. I'm like, hey, I would like you to do my show again. He's like, all right, I'm in and out. I'm legit. Pock Pock's closing. We're opening up the wing place in Vegas. Yeah. I can call in only. He uh-huh. calls in, and I'm like, hey, I got a fanboy out, and I never fanboy out. I'm like, meeting you was, like, so fucking cool. He's like, all right, bro, that's, like, really fucking corny. I'm not that cool. <laughs> like, he admitted he wasn't cool. Like, so it was, like, so cool just meeting him and stuff. Yeah, and he's, he's a great guy. Like, he I'm, – I'm giving him a hard time. He's, like, one of my best friends, and he, like, in the, doing this cookbook was, like, so supportive. He has this amazing house up in northern Thailand with like a kitchen that could you know function as a restaurant so i did all the recipe testing there i spent weeks and weeks at his house lets me crash there he gives me feedback on the recipes stuff like that has been like incredibly helpful for this whole thing is he as cool i hate that i'm like i'm like fanboying out hard (laughs) with andy ricker is he as cool as he seems like just like laid back partying and just like yeah his um i mean do you follow the cats like yes yeah yeah and I was never a cat guy. I'm most like, dude, I don't... <laughs> Did he, he turn you into one? No, well, a little bit. Uh-huh. A little, no, but okay. around, like, I always followed him. Like, dude, I don't give a fuck about these cats you have running around. <laughs> we got a cat named Pickles. Uh-huh. Now I'm like, Andy, the first 10 minutes of the podcast I was talking about, like, oh, my yeah, Pickles awesome. and your yeah, cats. Yeah. Um, I'm, so I'm like, full-blown, complete cat guy now because yeah. of it. No, he's great, man. Like, I love our adventures up in Thailand. Like, we, we just drive around. We go to weird places, eat food. Like, he's totally enthusiastic. Like, he... I get frustrated with him here in New York because he only wants to eat Asian food. I want to go have fucking, you know, bagels <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Yeah. He's like, I want Shake Shack and a gyro yeah. for my oh, moons. Man. That sounds so great. But, you know, he lives in Sunset Park, very Chinese, mm-hmm. knows all the Chinese restaurants there. They know him. And, like, yeah, he's, like, so dedicated to this stuff. So. How heavy is his name in Thailand? His name is heavy in Thailand, yeah, right? Yeah, people know, like, kind of who he is. The like, white dude who cooks the thing. Like, yeah, yeah. He's, like, kind of probably the most famous white dude cooking Thai food. So Thai people know who he is. Like, the Bourdain, you know, episode helped a lot. So, yeah. Wait till Simba becomes the most famous African dude cooking northern Thai food. <laughs> Austin Bush just was an absolute pl- I hope you had fun. I had fun. It was really good. I'm 
just supporting you, and I mean this, not that I wouldn't buy it. I am going to buy a book. Thank you. I'll take a picture of the book, probably with me and Barnes & Noble. So you got it. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry you got robbed coming here with the book because yeah, I would have loved to have it. And here's the deal we make, and we're going to be honest with each other. We, you lie to women and children. You never lie to your boys, and now we're boys. If Simba has a northern Thai food party, uh-huh. We send you pictures. Uh-huh. We come to Thailand. We party one night together. Yeah, yeah, Is that a deal? Sure. I'm, I'm down. We'll go to Kalsan Road. No. <laughs> <laughs> you seem to like it there. No. <laughs> I don't even wearing the fucking shirt. I'm so mad at myself wearing the shirt. <laughs> My friend, an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. What guys. song do you want on the beginning of the podcast? I'm oh, going to get sued man. for it, so just pick a song. Um, Cashmere by Led Zeppelin. Oh. Andy posted this on Instagram. I was listening to it on the way here. and Yeah. Oh, I'm definitely Led Zeppelin. Yeah. You definitely gonna though. sue me. <laughs> Wu Tang is gonna sue me. Bruce Springsteen is gonna sue me. Whatever. No one's giving me authorization to use this. Oh my God, Jen! Jen's dropped 80 beers in the Westwood One Studios. We're gonna wrap it up. Austin Bush, pleasure. I hope Thanks, you had guys. fun, man. I had fun.